Welcome, everyone. This is Russ Gausel, Chronicles of the End Times. Thank you for listening today. I'm so glad for each one of you around the world who is checking out Chronicles of the End Times. I hope it's a blessing to you and a light to help you walk in these perilous times that we live in. Today, we're going to be looking at Chapter 20, Revelation, which we started last week. And let's set the scene a little bit. At this point in time, Jesus has come back. The Battle of Armageddon is over. We see that thrones are being set up and the nations are judged. And they're judged because of the way they treated God's people, both Christians and Jews, those believers in Jesus Christ, during the tribulation period. And we also see that Satan is bound and cast into the abyss. And there he will be locked for a thousand years, and he will be let out again, and he deceives the nations after the thousand-year reign of Christ. Let's take a look at the situation. Jesus Christ is reigning from Jerusalem in the flesh. The saints of God, you and I, have been given responsibilities during this thousand-year reign. We are ruling and reigning with Christ over a regenerated earth, an earth that is now in its perfect state. The weather is beautiful. The peace of God reigns over the earth. In Isaiah chapter 11, Isaiah talks about this time of this millennial reign of Christ, this thousand-year period of peace that will come upon the earth when Jesus returns. We're going to pick it up in verse 6. The wolf will live with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together. A little child will lead them, The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lay down together. The lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra. And the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That part at the very end is the part that we need to concentrate on. And we could take that down to the individual level. When you and I are filled with the knowledge of the Lord, we have peace. Even in our deepest trials and our heartaches, those that are so deep sometimes, it's the knowledge of the Lord, his love for us, his word that strengthens us and lifts us up and gives us peace. Can you imagine if the whole world was filled with the knowledge of the Lord, how great he is? As the waters cover the sea, this is what the millennial reign is going to be like. Let's reference another scripture pertaining to the millennial reign is in Ezekiel chapter 47. Amazing vision that Ezekiel gets here. It says, The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. This is the new temple. And I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple faced the east. Water was coming down from underneath the south side of the temple, the south of the altar. Then he brought me out through the north gate and led me around to the outside of the outer gate facing east. The water was flowing from the south side. And as the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits. And then he led me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water where it was knee deep. He measured for another thousand, and he led me through the water that was up to my waist. He measured another thousand, but it was now a river that I could not cross, 
because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, Son of man, what do you see? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, This water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live there, wherever the river flows. There will be a large number of fish, because this water flows there, making the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from the Engedi, and there will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of every kind will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and leaves for healing. An amazing portion of scripture describing the millennial reign. So from what we read in Revelation chapter 20, what we've read from Isaiah, and now what we see in Ezekiel, it's a beautiful time of renovation, the beauty of God's creation enhanced by his presence on the earth. This gives us a good picture of what the earth will be like during the millennial reign of Christ. Yet when Satan is released, he will convince the world to rebel against God. It's not our environment that makes us sinful. It's sin itself that is within us. Our desire to rebel against God if we're not born again, if we don't repent and become born again. The Bible tells us that we need to become a new creation. That's what happens when we're born again. It's not an option. It's not an intellectual change of heart. It's not, I'm going to try to be better. I'm going to live good. That's not it. That's impossible. We cannot do it. Our sinful nature will not allow it. We need to become a new creation. And that's what born again is. That's what Jesus talked about. He told Nicodemus, he said, you're one of the leaders of the religious leaders, the teachers, and you don't know this fact that you need to be changed. You can't be your old self. You need to be born anew. Thank God for the cross of Jesus Christ. Despite the beauty of the earth being restored, no more wars, no more pollution, no more sickness. God is healing. God is mending his people and all those who live upon the earth, enjoying this perfect environment. Yet at the end of the thousand years, when Satan is released, it doesn't take him that long to convince millions upon millions the Bible tells us that we're like the sands of the seashore. That's how many come against Jerusalem, come against God's people. But fire falls from heaven and licks them up. And that is where we are now in this timeline. Millennial reign is over. Satan has led the world in another rebellion against the holy God, a perfect God, and against his people for the very last time. And fire from the Father falls from heaven and devours them. Suddenly, there is an incredible surge of power coming from the throne of God. And this surge of power dissolves the earth and the universe. 
the same power that created the earth and the universe, we get to see it as God's people. We look on in wonder. Then I saw a great white throne and him who seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gives up their dead, death and hell give up their dead, and each person was judged according to what he had done. This is a whole lot different than anything we've seen before. This was more a sentencing than a judgment. This is the second death. We know that the first resurrection has concluded, and all those in the first resurrection, the second death had no power over them. This is the second resurrection. This is the resurrection of the dead. And so all those great and small who have died rejecting God, Jesus told us, do not fear those who can only take your life, but fear God who can not only take your life, but your soul and throw it into the lake of fire. It says, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, they were thrown into the lake of fire. So this isn't a judgment where they're looking to see who was good and who was bad. This is a sentencing where God looks into the book of life, none were found, because this is the second death. This is the second resurrection. We have to be clear on that. The first resurrection is over. The Bible tells us that when the rapture comes, the dead in Christ will rise first, and then all of us that remain will be taken up. We've already seen in this chapter where those who have died during the tribulation who have given their lives for Jesus Christ, they have already come to life. They have already gotten their glorified bodies, and they, like us, were all part of the millennial reign. So this next segment is a sentencing to those who have died rejecting God, rejecting Christ and his love and his mercy, and have decided to go their own way. Let's take a look at Second Peter chapter 3. Peter talks about this time. He sees it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's read it together. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as a reminder to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord's Savior through the apostles. First of all, you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, Where is this coming? he promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and the earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. But he is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. 
But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed his coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promises, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. Let's take a look at what Daniel has to say about it. Daniel chapter 7, we're going to begin with verse 9. As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was a flaming fire, and its wheels were of blaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were opened. So Daniel sees this in his vision, this white throne judgment. He sees the Ancient of Days. Then we jump back to Revelation chapter 20. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. The earth and the sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. The Father shows up, the Ancient of Days, on this white throne to judge the dead those who have rebelled against him through the ages. And it's so powerful that the earth gets dissolved. The universe melts around him. Such enormous power and the glory of God we have not witnessed since creation itself. The Lord gathers us under his wings as he recreates the universe, recreates the earth. So here we are, the children of God, the redeemed, and he tucks us away under his wing as he recreates the entire universe, recreates the earth, and we get to witness the power of God. It's unimaginable, really. You try to just think on it and meditate on it, what that might look like. What a privilege. What amazing experiences we have yet to see. We need to keep all this in mind when the world is falling down around us and all the pressure and all the changes that are taking place that is moving our nation in this world away from the truths of the living God. We need to remember God is in control. He has got great things ahead for us. Now we're going to look into the rest of chapter 21 and 22 in our next podcast, but know this. What God has for us, scriptures clearly tell us that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has entered into the mind what God has for those who love him. Take a look around today at God's creation and just start to imagine what it's all going to be like. And I pray you're encouraged by it. I pray that your faith is increased, that this almighty God is on your side and is waiting to hear from you today. Remember the words of Jesus. Those who seek will find. Those that are hungering, thirsting for righteousness, they will be filled. Ask and it will be given to you. Knock and the door will be open. Seek. Those who seek will find. 
These are things we must remember. Our God is a loving God, a patient God. But there is a time he has a plan for the future. He has a plan that's so much better than what we see around us. So this is Russ Galzo for Chronicles of the End Times. God bless. Keep looking up. The King is coming. Thank you.